Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects, and Denver Rubber Company is an essential business and has filled many needs for several different industries across this country during this crazy time. They are family-owned and operated and diehard Denver sports fans, plus DRC is known for cutting and supplying rubber snowplow blades, but they also provide custom-cut rubber, foam gaskets, hose assemblies, even cut metal parts. They have you covered. Give them a call today at 1-800-259-0010 for any of your needs or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and cole gets another good righty and another right by cole a left by cole this time tipped in front by mika rentinen he shoots and scars nathan mckinnon cole jt comfort 877 goes now gabriel landeskog collective hugs 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, my go-to shop for my Breckenridge Brewery. I got one Avalanche with me right here. They also have all your other alcohol needs covered. I'm Rudo. He's AJ Hayfley. It is a Thursday episode of the podcast, and we actually have some more hockey news once a week now. They're starting the drip of, of, of news for uh, the hockey world to talk about. As the NHL has solidified its position a little bit more on the playoff format in general, starting off with the fact that the NHL and NHLPA have agreed to an extension of the CBA in regards to escrow numbers and other things that we don't really get the details on, but there's an agreement in place for playing these playoff games and what is likely to be August and September at this point. So that's good news, but more importantly and and more things that we can actually talk about is first of all, as every round of the playoffs happens, these teams will be reseeded. So kind of a reverse of the one to eight seeding that they had gone with for the last, how long has it been? Six, seven, eight years. Um, And then they are also, having best of sevens for everything but the play in round. So this will be a full and complete playoffs. Yeah. So my number one takeaway is whatever, whatever talk there was about an asterisk is dead. Yep. Uh, the, I, it seemed like the, the big thing was, was if you're not playing full playoffs, it's not a, it's not a, a valid playoffs. Well, not only are they playing a full playoffs, any team that was anywhere close to a playoff spot has a chance to play their way in. Right. And 16 of the 24 teams, if they're going to win the cup, have to win five playoff series. Yep. Which has never been done before. So if there's going to be an asterisk, it needs to be because they went through the hardest gauntlet in NHL history. This cup is actually better than the other cups. Right. Asterisk. <laughs> It's already going to be – It's in my opinion, it's already the hardest cup to win ever. Um, now now with this format in place, and this is what's agreed upon, this is obviously making the assumption that everybody's healthy enough to play and the games happen. Yeah. Um, then this is, this is the most difficult cup to win. 
because you have no momentum. Everybody is healthy. Everybody is at, at, at starting on the same foot, and that's not true in when you get to the playoffs in normal years. Teams are you beat know, up. Yeah, this year their Carolina was going to be missing Dougie Hamilton for their for their stretch run. You know, they went and they got Brady Shea from the Rangers because they they were going to be missing Dougie, and they had injury issues on the back end. So they went and they shored it up, and now a guy like Sammy Votnin may not even play for them. Well, it, yeah, the other side of that is, I guess, the same side, honestly. The teams that are normally battling for the eighth seed and having to play all out for the last two months of the season are going to come in fully rested against these higher seeds as well. So they're not nearly as as out of gas, as I would say, as, as a team that's yeah. been cruising to the playoffs. There will be a different there will certainly be a different intensity with the qualifying round than the round robin seeding. Yeah, but with today's announcement, the round robin seating got significantly more important. It did because with no home ice advantage to be had for any of these teams, um, that's the expectation anyway. Obviously, we've heard that hey, maybe if things go really, really well, a pie in the sky scenario, the Stanley Cup Finals could be played in the teams' home cities. Yep. But uh, we're not even sure these are going to happen anyway, so I'm not really considering that as a super strong possibility. Um. I think that with the the lack of home ice advantage, this was the best way for the league to incentivize the round robin games to be taken seriously. Yeah, because it gives it gives the top seed a big advantage in that they get to play the lowest seed every round. You, you can't be the four seed and luck out because Chicago uh, beats Edmonton, and then you're the four seed playing the twelve seed anymore. Right. It you have with the reseeding it gives every reason to go for the number one seed instead of just saying oh look at this potential good matchup for us if we weasel our way around a little bit it it it, not only does it give you the the going for the one seed but it's also not getting the fourth seed because that means taking on the one seed in round two if you win your first round series yep and you just don't want that. Do you, of course you want to miss that team. If you're not going to be the top team in the round robin, you don't want to play the one that is. Exactly right. It To set up your path now is something you can realistically do. It's not at the hands of randomness because right. of the reseeding program. Right. It's not. It's not like the NCAA bracket where you just never know. Like, oh, sorry, you were in the same bracket as North Carolina, so right. take that L. <laughs> right, like, oh, that's too bad. No, I'm sorry. Now it's you, you... The, if you get the, the second seed, you don't play the one seed until the finals, or the conference finals, so... The the difficulty of your path will be decided by your own results. Mm-hmm. Is is. You, so it's it's very much a whatever whatever you accomplish or don't accomplish... It creates the obstacles in front of you. And that way you can't look at anybody else. There's no blaming the NHL. There's no blaming the format. There's none of that. You, you go and you get the results that you deserve and that's it. Like you, whatever, whatever happens happens. And you know, you can't, I, I think that this was the best decision. It's weird that they're doing it every round. Um, it, and really, it doesn't uh, beyond round two. It doesn't really matter because there's four teams left <laughs> with, with no home ice advantage. Yeah, um, it's like 
so what? <laughs> so it's, you know, it, it's, it really only mattered for the second round. Yeah. To be honest, like that's like, I would agree. The 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 round robin seating was it's great, but like for for the conference finals, there's only two teams and there's no home ice advantage, so it's like okay, great, <laughs> neat. Oh, Go no. play those games. Yeah, it's one seed against the three seed. Wow, I'm gonna. Oh, that was crazy. You know, or it's or it's the five seed against the the nine seed. Like, yeah. you know, whatever it ends up being. Um. So it's. The, this was a good announcement, and I think that this just added juice to the round robin games where it yeah. sort of felt like these teams would have, like, yes, taking it seriously. And but it's also three warm up games for them mostly. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And like, you're, you're, they will be more than preseason games, but less than regular season games. Right. And then... Now there's, some reason to get up and go for them basically yeah now it's now it's like okay you guys need to take this about as seriously as the qualifying round guys are yep so excited That's, about it that should yeah. make for fantastic hockey like this yep. was this was the best decision i think for this format and it should make for great hockey and to be honest with you if this ends up being as much fun as we all think it's going to be they should do strongly, it again yeah strongly consider adopting this format I permanently, you know, I'm all for super tournaments. So, yeah, um, I don't I'm trying to think. So AJ and I are, are, are big GSL, which is an eSport fan watchers. And I'm trying to think just finals on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. But you're in a best of one against St. Louis. How do you yeah. cheese a hockey matchup? What's the six pool? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, I don't think you can. Do you like all right, it's zero zero in the first, and you draw power play, and you pull your goalie? No, I think what you would do uh, is you would play like five forwards. Yeah, that was the thought too. Like you would. It's nowhere near the same. All like, in life, yeah. yeah. Well, because like six pool or or proxy two racks uh, or you know a cannon rush, those are if all. It doesn't up. work. You just lose. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just it's done. You're oh, it's over. If, <laughs> if you don't score on a power play in the first the first period, you still have the rest of the game. That's <laughs> true. So there isn't really a there isn't really an all in strat that they could they could try and and pull out of the bag. There are things that they could do to be sneaky. You know, you could. If you wanted, you could seven defensemen and have Bowen Byram come in and just play offensive shifts only and cut one of your forwards. Be like, oh, there you go. We'll, we'll rotate McKinnon as the four C, and we'll we'll chop Belmar off the roster. <laughs> I like it. I, I like the I like the strats. Go DTs. Um, <sighs> I went DTs against Elite last night. Oh boy. <sighs> pretty good <laughs> it was a well fought i should send you that replay it was a well fought game <laughs> one nice but it Arm. was <sighs> an adventure yeah <laughs> to say the least yeah they made it tough 
Well, we can talk about another video game now, that being WGT Golf, the most popular golf game in the world and DNVR's official gaming partner. You can go right now and download WGT from dnvrgolf.com. And we are all set up now with our secondary clubhouse, which you can join and get in on the tournaments. We're trying to fill up that clubhouse, which will push us to 500 members on WGT Golf so we can have the tournaments. About every two hours, somebody else has joined that. Yeah, so the people so. are still rolling in on on this. So get in before we fill that one up, so you don't have to be in the third clubhouse. Uh, you can Which play won't be up. any less than clubhouses one or two. It's That's just, true. Just more, it's just more work for me to be Look, honest. I mean, you want to call yourself an OG, right? When when we're when we have DNVR Clubhouse ten up and rolling, be like, oh yeah, I'm in Clubhouse two. I've been around the whole time. You know? Right. <laughs> I've been win- I've been winning tournaments for a long time. Exactly. Exactly. So more than twenty million players around the world, WGT Golf, and even without the Clubhouse, you can always challenge us on our DNVR Lounge. I know Adam loves to play the one hole shootouts where you just like hope to get lucky. Uh, to, to win and, and beat a guy. You can play on amazing real-to-life courses, including Pebble Beach, Beth Page Black, St. Andrews, a ton of other ones as well, whether it be match play, stroke play, closest to the hole, or you know the horrible hell of the hardest settings on everything like AJ did for our last tournament. But uh, either way, it's a ton of fun. Give it a try today, dnvrgolf.com. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. So... While the formatting for the playoffs continues to get more and more figured out, something that we don't have a great read on is player rights as far as prospects and players getting signed and coming over from Europe are concerned. In a normal year, June 1st would mark the expiration of rights for the abs that would mean just Brandon Sajan. As for college players, the date is August 15th. But August 15th is likely to come in the middle of whatever these playoffs are. So there's a reasonable expectation that that could get extended as well. And the big conversation there is Cam Morrison and whether he gets signed by this team, how he fits in a lot of things, a lot of moving parts going on there. So the interesting situation here uh, is the contract situation. The Avs sit at 46 NHL contracts. Uh, they were at 47, and then Igor terminated his contract and went back to the KHL. Yep. Which we didn't really talk about, but uh, from a little bit of poking around that I've done, uh, it wasn't so much like uh, Igor hated the Avs. It wasn't like a. It wasn't like when Miranov left and all he did was trash the Avalanche. Yeah, it was it was first of all, he left ninety two ninety two thousand dollars in signing bonus money on the table to leave. And then it was also if there's no AHL season this year, he he could just be not playing hockey for a year. Right. And so uh, with the uncertainty of the AHL year and even the start of the AHL year, even if, you know, if it gets started in January, it gets started in October. Yeah. We don't know what that looks like. And so because of that uncertainty, he had a guaranteed job back in the KHL. So he took that opportunity. Uh, and so that's what that was. It was, it was more of a, just a, a job security thing and that he was not, uh, he was not going to make the avalanche Yeah, uh, out of, out of training camp. And he had, would seem pretty clear. Yeah. 
he had he had uh, a which is uh, he had an out clause in his contract, which is very standard for European players. Yep. Uh, if they do not make their NHL clubs, they can go back to the they can leave and terminate their contracts and go to Europe and find other opportunities. Yeah. So for that people, they're not some of a lot of Europeans don't want to sit around and spend their careers in the American League. They'd rather go back to the country that they're from and play pro at home, which totally understandable decision. So anyway, um, yeah, this all relates I mean, to Cam Morrison, I swear. Well, yeah, just to add to Igor, uh, from people I talked to around the Eagles organization as well, I don't think he had adjusted the best. Like he still didn't really have a solid grasp on English. And, yeah. you know, you're trying to live on your own as a kid for the first time in a foreign country like that. There are things we could talk about in another pod that I think the Avalanche should be doing uh, infrastructure-wise to try and help those kids out and to yeah. help them adjust, especially the Russian kids. Yep. Uh, because Finnish and Swedish kids are learning English from a young age. They whereas... know enough to get around the country. Uh... <clears throat> Russian Russian kids are not. So, yep. um, A logistical issue when it comes to Russians, put it that way. Yeah, and so that's the we could get into this conversation on another day. For sure. Um, for right now, you know, Cam Morrison, uh, the the conversation with Morrison, and why the Igor thing is interesting is because the Avs they chose not to sign Brandon Sajan, and uh, if they choose not to sign Cam Morrison, they will have zero incoming rookies, uh, incoming contracts, ELCs that have not already been signed. Like if yeah. Bowen Byram shows up, his contract's already been signed. Yeah, he signed so, that ELC last year. Realistically, there's a chance that the only new ELC contract they sign is Anna, and then who we know is staying in Europe for a year. Right, and so like he's not. You know, he's not, not he's not an incoming rookie because right. then he's not coming over here. Exactly. He's staying in he's staying in Finland for the year. Um so there's there's the possibility that they have if they and and depending on what happens with the NHL team, you know, they sit at those that forty six contracts also includes like Jason Magna and Mark Alt. Yep. And Antoine Bebo and Hunter Miska. So if they were to let I I, I, yeah. I imagine they'll have to bring one of Miss Kirby back. Sure. Um, I guess there's the possibility they, they would bring both, although I don't know why. Who knows, right? They, they've been so weird about... Uh, I mean, you can throw Hutchinson's name in goaltenders. there. Goaltenders. Yeah. yeah, Hutchinson, Hutchinson, of course, would also go in there. So they've got a couple of contracts. Like They won't bring all those guys back, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Magna, you can expect that they will replace with another AHL veteran. Mark Alt, probably the same thing. You can, ex- yeah. you know, for depth purposes, whatever. And so you expect some of these, some of these, you know, Nieto, they let go. Barbario, Connaughton, they could let one of those, both of those guys go. Some of those guys will get replaced. Some of them won't. So they should be that they're already at 46 means that they'll have some flexibility. But the difference because of the pandemic, the difference is that that August 15th deadline no longer comes after uh, it no longer comes after the offseason has already taken place. By the time the Avs would have had to sign Cam Morrison, they would know exactly how many contracts they have. In they would know. Year. They would know how many contracts they would have, not just this year, but extend the commitments that they would have standing into next year as well. Yep. And that is that's going to matter 
because next year there could be a huge wave of of incoming young players. You're talking seven plus. Yeah. So Ananin comes over. Yep. Um, you're looking at the possibility of all of these guys could get ELCs. Most of them should, but I'm going to run down the list real quick. But Alex Bocage, Luca Berzan, Nikolai Kovalenko, Trent Miner, Sasha Mutala, Alex Newhook, Sampo Ranta, and Danila Zhirabalov. If you count Ananin, that's actually nine players. Now, we were, you know, we we talk new hook is I count new hook there. That's just for contract purposes. He'd obviously be more of an NHL focus. Kovalenko could be too, just sort yeah. of depending on what he wants. But um, when you're just talking about ELCs entering into uh, the the conversation, did I say Trent Miner? I said uh, Trent Miner. Yeah. And so that's nine new contracts that that would be entering the organization. If Cam Morrison were to sign an ELC, it's a two-year commitment. Yep. So he would have he would be on the books when theoretically those nine guys show up. Now, so right. having nine guys show up is pretty unprecedented. I that's insane. Um. Yeah. You, I mean, maybe they decide not to sign mine, or maybe Zaravilov stays in Russia. Right. Exactly. Those those are the conversations. Like Miner, we'll see. There's two Russian kids, Luka Burzan. Yeah. Uh, is he gonna get a contract? I mean, but do you, yeah. Even if you chop down some of those, it's realistic to expect five or six contracts. Yeah, I think I think B- Bokaj, one of the Russians, obviously uh, Ananin is for sure. That's happening. Uh, and then Mutala Ranta would give you five. And then New Hook in the NHL, that's a sixth contract. Sure. So that, I think that's six contracts and that's, that's a pretty steady influx. If the abs are sitting, if the abs are sitting at forty-five contracts and they and say they want to give all nine of them, you know, I doubt it because it seems unlikely that they would want to give both Miner and Ananin, especially with Werner still around. Yeah, um, it's you know the ECHL as we've talked about is not a death knell for goaltenders. It's the one position that actually gets developed there. Um. So minor could minor could sign and go there for a year while the the bodies kind of work themselves out. Yeah, you know, and and the shuffle in the organization is still happening. What's up with Grubauer? What's up with Frankie? Does Anandin steal a job? Is Werner legit? Like whatever, all those questions the will can can just continue to work themselves out over time. But all of this relates to the Cam Morrison contract situation, because while it's a two year ELC and while you're looking at it now and saying, well, they could just sign him and they would be at 47. If they have that many guys that they're looking at bringing in next year, if, if Morrison is a guy that they're on the fence about, you don't want to give him the hard NHL contract commitment that you're then just stuck with that. You're either having to move somebody out next year that you don't want to move out or, you are not signing somebody else or, you know, whatever it, it has an effect. Like it has a trickle down effect on the decisions that you make. Yep. So Morrison, be, it becomes just a contract numbers game where they would have known had they had seven openings there, you know, they're at 43, 44 contracts. 
not too August, worried about it. Yeah. August 15th rolls around and they're like, hey, we can sign Morrison pretty easily. Yep. And that's fine. Um, not knowing that now will complicate that situation. And I would not be surprised if they let him test the market. Do you uh, believe there's much of a market there for him? I personally probably not. Yeah. I don't expect that there's much, but that will be the decision. And if he goes onto the market and he can't get an NHL deal anywhere else, um, the abs doing what they did with Sajin last year, where they gave him an AHL deal and said, Hey, you know, let's see how this goes. Or we just need the contract spot. Yeah, exactly. And so let's see how it goes. And if this goes well, you know, like they just showed with Miska, if you play well enough and they absolutely need the body, then they could they could give a guy an NHL deal. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's where with with Morrison it it would be a show me deal. Uh hey, go and prove it. And so that's that's where the the pandemic kind of sets up an, an interesting situation. Yep. Uh where they have to make the decision on Morrison before they do the rest of their contracts and they can't let that play out like they might have wanted to. Uh, and and now they are kind of just stuck. But where, decisions have to be made on expectations or estimations. Yeah, right. Well, what is he? What what do you know? How how has he developed in college? Is it you know? Is it was Notre Dame holding him back? Is he? Can he still be that big body with a little bit of skill that you hope turns into Jamie McGinn? Or is it? You know, did it did did he just not develop enough in his college career, whatever I mean, aspect of his game that you'd like to nitpick? It's it's also tough because we've seen the Avs, especially since they've moved to the Eagles, having a penchant for playing a lot of veterans in their AHL lineup. Well, yeah, they have six ELCs coming in in a year from now. Is Morrison as a seventh real prospect? You have Nick Henry still on the team. How many is too many for the team to handle? Right. And how much does no incoming rookies help a guy like Nick Henry to actually get pushed up the lineup? Another year of opportunity. Yeah. You know, how much does it give a guy like Logan O'Connor just one more year to, to, to push and carve out and say, Hey, we, you know, this is, this is a guy that he's worked very hard. He's done everything asked of him and he's shown decently in his NHL stint. Can he be, the guy that comes in and is is now the 14th forward or the 13th forward if we let a Kamenev go. Yeah. You know, like there's there's just more opportunity for all of those guys. You know, you and depending on how many of the AHL veterans they want to bring back, you know, guys, the the Condras of the world, which I've said, you know, if you want to have three <laughs> veterans, it's fine. Yeah. But it's when you start getting into the Kale Kessies that sucks. It, I, yeah, two things for me playing ECHL lifers essentially don't do that. And when you don't have a single prospect in your AHL's top six, that feels real bad. Especially when you have pedigree there. Yeah. You've got, you've got picks like you've, you've used picks. On players that you're trying to get NHLers out of. Right. Like you've got AJ Greer and Martin Kaut and Shane Bowers and, Mm It's like you signed Ty Lewis after an amazing end of his WHL career. You signed Sheldon Dries after a great AHL season. Like what's you drafted Nick Henry at the top of the fourth round. Like 
can we can we see some of these <laughs> play more than eight yeah. minutes a game in the ahl yeah um yeah and I, we saw like martin Cowick started to get a little bit more minutes towards the end of the yeah. year the, the light went on. He played well. He got the call up, and look at that. He was ready to rock. Shane Bowers had a very, very encouraging second half of the season. Um, don't uh, let's let's say let's not worry about the wing thing for right now. Yeah, the different conversation for a different day. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. I I mean, we don't have to get too much further into that part of things. We'll get into count a little bit more, but first, AJ. Six ELCs. What is that for an AHL team potentially? Um, a total lifeblood of talent, <laughs> an injection of skill. Could you? I mean, I know, I know what you're going for here, but could you imagine like Sample Ranta and Alex Bocage on a, on a line together? Oh man, yeah. You throw, I don't know. It, throw throw like. A just for fun, let's throw yeah. Alex Newhook in right. the middle of them. Just to distribute the puck and watch the Eagles' top line just murder kids in the AHL. <laughs> right, and then and then like you roll out Mutala and Henry, yeah. and they like just work people to death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It's that was like, huh? That would be super fun. Well, this is an injection of real talent. I I mean, that kind of talent would definitely be game changing. <laughs> We got there, just like StravaCraft coffee, the game-changing CBD-infused coffee. It'd been a while. It'd been a while since we went with that one, so had to bring it back. But you can now purchase it in K-Cups for your Keurig or get the original whole bean and ground options as well. And you'll get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 at checkout online. Be sure to tweet at Strava. Tweet at us when you use them. They're a partner of ours for a long time now, and we really appreciate you supporting us and supporting our partners as well. Uh, the CBD is is awesome. It can help with migraines, aches and pains, anxiety, many other things as well. So they, yeah, give it a try for yourself. DNVR20. The CBD is non-psychoactive. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo and AJ. So you mentioned the man himself and one of the oddities of this new format is what is going to happen with Martin Kaut. He's played his nine games in the NHL. He cannot play another game, certainly with to allow the contract to slide. However, an 82-game season was not completed here. And there has been some chatter. Oh, my about, gosh. I'm so sorry. About how a, a lot of statistics, a lot of a lot of things around the league are getting prorated for this shortened season, right? Yeah. Players have bonuses on the line. Right. Um, for hitting certain statistical benchmarks that their agents will be able to argue they did, did not hit. 82 games, right. So the this is where it comes into play with Cout because if they decide to prorate all stats across the board and just say, hey, we're gonna prorate all of this, then he was on pace to play like ten and a half games. He was he he will get a tenth game assumed. Right. Under a pro under a pro prorated solution. So they would give him a theoretical tenth game. And despite Colorado having made the decision that night, Jared Bednar said after the game, we won't play him again. He will go back down to the Eagles. He's done because we are 
the management has made the decision that the contract is more important yep. uh, than having him up here and, and trying to fit him into the lineup. And at the time, it was kind of interesting because they had a lot of injury issues. Now, it's not even a question because he most definitely will not be in the lineup when those playoffs open up. Because why would he be? He, I mean, we're we're talking about Joster Nieto getting cut out of lineup, and yeah. you would have both of those guys ahead of the of, of Martin Cout in the pecking order right now on a healthy roster. Yeah, so it's hard to argue with that. I mean, the the one thing it does do there is Cout could be a uh, an injury fill in, but at, comes right. at the cost of the year on his contract. So this is this is the wrinkle here where this decision matters for Colorado. If that tenth game gets assumed, and the contract begins, then the Avs have no reason not to bring Cout on the road as part of the twenty eight skater roster. Yep. And whatever wherever he is in that pecking order, we know he's damn sure in there. In yeah. in. In that conversation uh, of he'll be one of those four ahead of Kamenev, probably. <laughs> well, well, and and like somewhere in there, depending on which guy gets hurt, which role, which position, whatever, always, right? Yeah. Like, however he would get into it, it would be worth bringing him because if the contract is is started, no matter what, and that's what they have to live with, then taking him only makes sense. It would make no sense to leave him off that roster. Because you're like, oh, well, we don't want to, we don't want to get stuck in a situation where we have to play him and we burn the contract and whatever, right? Yep. And so if that if it gets prorated out and he gets that tenth game, the contract begins. There's n- he he goes. He's on that. He's on the twenty eight skater roster, assuming the twenty eight is the actual final number. Um, if it's twenty six, he probably still goes. Still on it, yeah. <laughs> so. That's that's kind of the, the the an interesting situation that they have sort of hanging in the balance. Yep. If that does, if they do not prorate that out, and he does not get that tenth game assumed, he probably doesn't go on that roster. I say probably they have, they would have reason to not bring him if he doesn't get the thing assumed. Even if he goes, though, there's no chance that he ever plays. Even if the Evs get decimated by injury. It's well, and that's the situation that they they they'd have a healthy body. They'd have a player that could contribute. Are you so worried about the contract that you're going to give up a chance at the cup uh, during a cup and run? You're going to give up skill yeah. because I think if they were to take him, they'd be saying, "Hey, he might be the last guy that will play, but we're damn sure going to play him if we get to it." And that's you know, I think that's the decision that they would have to make because you know, you take him you might be in a position where you have to play him. You where you have to eat that. I if mean, if they don't prorate it out and he stops at the nine games and they let that be, the abs may not even take him just because they're gonna say, hey, there's we don't want to play him under any circumstances. So we're going to have him come to training camp, have him skate, have him practice for a month, use it as a jumping off board for uh, a springboard for next next the actual training camp for next season in december whatever it ends up being and then you know whatever like however that proceeds from there and then somebody else gets that roster spot you know maybe aj greer gets to slide into that because we haven't even we haven't even had that conversation (laughs) every time we talk about the skating which which guys go we completely ignore aj greer 
well, I, there might be some validity as to why. I'm but just saying, <laughs> like we we always completely ignore his existence anymore, and uh, it's it, it's just this count situation. It's interesting because what if what if they don't prorate it? The Avs leave Cout at home. Greer gets himself into a game and finds goes a job. Minus three or goes plus three. Yeah. Right. And like summons the best of his, his ability. And we see the AJ Greer that, that I've certainly believed in for years. Yep. And it's like, he's physical. He's, he's making an impact. He's hitting guys. He's causing chaos on, on the four check. His skating is, is where it needs to be. You know, he's playing smart. He's not getting himself thrown into the box just because he's trying to be a tough guy. But he's actually he's actually playing that pesky role to to a very effective degree. You know, maybe that's the chance. Maybe he can turn it around. I mean, the other side of that coin is the Avs don't bring Cout. They get injured, and all of a sudden they're not icing the best lineup they could have been. Because realistically, who's ahead of Cout? O'Connor, maybe? Tynan. Tynan, maybe. Yeah. Uh, did, <laughs> maybe Kamenev, depending. I, I wouldn't put Kamenev ahead on my list. I'll put you I wouldn't. Way. I, I wouldn't and either, but I, I bet they do. And, you know, and you mentioned it before also. A center gets hurt. Kamenev's going to fit that a little bit better. Right. But. Yeah, I mean, it's not an easy decision either way, I don't think. But I mean, you know, you, we're, we're still talking, though. They would have to get five bodies in. Right. It's a lot you're talking, happen, Like you're, you're talking about, okay, those guys are ahead of Cout just from the Eagles. We're and not even talking Nieto, about Wilson. <laughs> right. We're not even talking about Nieto and Wilson, who it's like those are going to be the first two guys off the bench. Yeah. And if they're on if they're on the ice, then, you know, maybe it's Belmar and Jost or – I can't imagine the world where Matt there are 14 there. skaters that are ahead of everyone coming from the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, right. And then the then there's the Eagles pecking yeah, order. Right. <laughs> so like we're talking about like the bottom here of the of of the forward guys, but I do think that it was it's because they've had the conversations about pro rating and how they haven't decided how they want to handle that for player bonuses and contract situations that's something that's up in the air for colorado yep for sure and for you know for that contract you know you if you're martin if you're martin Cal's agent you're like let's go it, yeah. it, it, <laughs> do it <laughs> and you're you're trying to get us started if you're the abs you're looking at that and you're saying okay the third year of that deal we will be into new contracts for all Landis these guys, Makar, yeah. Landis Gog, the contracts we talked about yesterday that are, yeah. are going to combine for $20 million. Yeah, right. And you're saying, hey, if 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 Cout is coming off of, if Cout's making $2 million that year versus the, what is this, eight hundred and versus the $900,000, you know, this is, this is a, this is a guy that's, he could be making left to play with, yeah. Right, like that's especially with the uncertainty of the cap and the situation that the league is in right now. Like that might matter. You might say, "Oh, well, who cares? Just burn it and play him." And there were a lot of those people that 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 made that argument. I know I certainly said it in the moment a bunch of times, <laughs> but business wise, you know, the business decision because they are going to be completely healthy and. 
he's like 15th on that pecking order. Um, I think that it, it makes sense to just let him be if they want, but that's where, that's where the, just the whole conversation started today was it was like, Hey, if they prorate this, if they don't, this has an effect on Cal. And no matter what happens, he will still not be ex- expansion draft eligible. <laughs> there we go. I think that is how we can end the show. Perfect, perfect way to wrap it up. I will say, whatever the Avs do with their roster, they're going to have to do some manscaping to it, trimming a little bit of uh, a little bit of the edges around on things. And you know, I don't want to call any hockey player the pubic hair because every single one of them could beat the crap out of me, but. <laughs> Also, just sort of a rude thing to say. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So uh, either way, though, if you're looking to shave your pubes, Manscaped has you covered with the new Lawnmower 3.0 and the whole perfect package, which includes anti-chafe deodorant, new spray-on toner to keep everything fresh and in place down below the belt. You can even get it all in a premium carrying case for on-the-go travel and use when you order from manscaped.com and when you use code DNBR20, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. Don't wait. Get on it now, and your balls will thank you. That's it for today's show. Should be back Friday with a a new show. I believe we're calling it Free Skate Fridays, where we will have on uh, some guests, do some trivia and some fun stuff. Hope y'all will tune in for that one and and have some fun with us. A new thing we want to try and do with a little bit more regularly and and bring people on and, and yeah, just enjoy our Fridays. So we will talk to y'all then. The NPR Avalanche with Hey Police.